the manufacturing sector in Africa catalyze growth post-COVID-19. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. INM Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. COVID-19 has had major effects on all economic activities. The long-term economic effects are more pronounced in Africa than in other regions, in part because policy responses have been more constrained. Dr. Hippolyte Fofak, Chief Economist and Director of Research and International Cooperation at AfriExim Bank in this episode, highlights why the African manufacturing sector will be at the forefront of catalyzing economic growth on the continent. And building back better for the African continent may simply mean winning itself of that excessive dependency on import of manufactured goods and taking advantage of the AFCFTA, which entered into force last year, will be essentially an industrialization accelerator, especially as we fully implement the rules of origins, which essentially a passport for industrializations. But financing is one of the key constraints on the path of that sustainable growth in manufacturing and hospitality sector. Are African financial institutions doing enough to support these two strategic sectors? And what should be done to bridge the financing gap in this sector and set the conditions for structural transformations that we so much need? And then this takes us to really providing an overview of the state of manufacturing and hospitality within the continent, I think the right answer to the question, can manufacturing and hospitality catalyze growth post-COVID-19, the answer, quite frankly, is yes. And for several reasons, I think these are tremendous growth industries and Africa has tremendous potential which are still very much unexploited, whether it is in the tourism sector or in the manufacturing. And then we have another important aspect, not so much talked about, the favorable demographic trends within the country. I think for all these reasons, it's very important to stress that, yes, it is the right thing to do, and they have tremendous potential to help achieve that goal. And for instance, if you take the tourism industries, in a sign of post-crisis normalizations, tourism-dependent economies achieve a set in the current projections to achieve tremendous growth in 2022. And one example is Mauritius, which essentially went from 14% contractions in 2020 to about 6-7% growth rate forecast for 2022, pointing to resumptions in the tourism sector. As for the manufacturing sector, which has sustained country on a robust long-run growth trajectory, the East Asian miracle, which reshaped the contour of the global economy, was essentially a manufacturing miracle, an export-led growth model. And that manufacturing revolutions, which positioned Asia, as I said earlier, as a manufacturing hub, the factory of the world, has actually also prepared the continent, the Asian continent, to capitalize on global value chains, export-led growth model to become a powerful force. And the contrast between South Korea, for instance, and Uganda is illustrative. But we can also look at the contrast between, let's say, Vietnam 
and Mozambique, as we will see earlier and later in the presentations. But manufacturing is also the dividing line between developed and developing countries, between rich and poor nations. And across advanced economies, output manufacturing as a share of GDP is actually very high in the 25%, whether you're in China, Korea, but also Germany, and the leading country in that regard. Besides providing the path to an effective integration into global economies, manufacturing which accelerate the process of structural transformations and foster inclusive growth has been the most efficient vector of poverty reductions as the contrast between Vietnam and Mozambique actually shows. Even though the two countries achieve robust growth rates above 5% for a long period of time, the reductions in poverty was actually more significant in Vietnam's, in part because Vietnam has been more labor-intensive as poor-led growth model than Mozambique, which rely heavily on commodities, essentially on capital-intensive, essentially export. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. The Central Bank of Eswatini decided to lift its benchmark interest rate by 50 basis points to 6.5% at its November 2022 meeting. It marks the fifth straight rate hike this year, bringing borrowing costs to the highest since February of 2020. Policymakers said that inflationary risks to the outlook remain elevated due to the higher inflation outlook in South Africa, the country's major trading partner, which could be passed down to domestic inflation through imports, among others. The overall inflation eased to 5.5% in October from 6.7% in September and is still seen at 4.8% in 2022. Meanwhile, the bank revised higher the forecast for 2023 to 5.5% versus a 5.3% and for 2024 to 5% versus a previous 4.8%. The economic activity is estimated to have contracted by 1.6% on year in the second quarter. The National Bank of Angola kept its benchmark policy rate at 19.5% during its November 2022 meeting following a 50% rate cut in September amid the continued slowdown in inflation. Angola's annual inflation rate eased for the ninth straight month to 16.68 in October from 18.16% in September and 27.66% at the start of the year. The rate of the permanent facility that provides liquidity to the interbank money market was also left unchanged at 21%, as well as the rate of the facility that absorbs excess liquidity at 15%. Ghana is set to reduce the rate of the controversial electronic transfer levy to 1% from 1.5%. As part of the review, as part of the review of the e-levy act, however, the 100 daily Ghana CDs threshold meant to cushion vulnerable people will be removed. Finance Minister Ken Ofori Atta made the announcement during the 2023 budget reading in Parliament, adding that this review was part of a seven-point agenda aimed at restoring macroeconomic stability and accelerating economic transformation. The minister admitted that the levy, which was introduced in the 2022 budget, had not yielded the resources as expected. The introduction of the levy was to help the government mobilize domestic revenue. The government reduced expectations for revenue collection from the levy after an initial projection of 7 billion Ghana CDs. 
And a quick look at the markets. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index closed marginally higher at 73,150, the highest in seven months as gains for retail companies and banks outweighed slight losses for commodity-linked stocks. Bidvest and Investec led the gains for the financial shares, adding 2.2% and 1.5% respectively. On the other hand, Anglo Golds and Goldfields corrected slightly lower from rallies this week after signs that the Fed will slow the pace of rate hikes lifted gold prices. Lastly, iron ore miner Rio Tinto also booked losses as soaring COVID cases in China pressed demand expectations for infrastructure. On the week, the index added 0.8%. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at With a Dome.